Welcome to the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, author, teacher, speaker, and coach. I focus on your spiritual, emotional, and physical well-being to help you be the best leader possible. Each episode explores research and practical tips so you can be a non-anxious presence personally and professionally. And now, here's the show. Welcome to episode 69 of the Non-Anxious Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Shitama, and today we are going to focus on how to be more productive while working from home during this COVID-19 pandemic. And I want to say that those of us who can do that, we are privileged. There are many who have to go out to make a living and are risking their lives oftentimes to protect us or to make sure we have goods and services that we need. So if you're one of those people, thank you very much. If you are working at home, though, you know that there can be some pitfalls in doing this. It sounds like a great idea, but it can actually start to drag on you, weigh on you. And especially if you have many people at home, it can be a real challenge to make it work. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Before we do that, I want to remind you that this Wednesday, May 6th at 1 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time will be our community conversation in the Non-Anxious Leader Network. This is a one-hour Zoom meeting where we get together and process how we are dealing with the anxiety, the uncertainty of this pandemic. To find out more about it, you can go to network.thenonanxiousleader.com. And now, without further ado, here is episode 69. I want to start by saying that regardless of how you are managing through this COVID-19 pandemic, that doing the basics, focusing on the essentials is the most important thing we can do to manage our lives and to be a non-anxious leader. So practicing spiritual disciplines, whether that's prayer, meditation, journaling, reading scripture, getting enough sleep, eating right, exercising, those are all essential. If you are not able to do that, it's going to be harder to cope. It's going to be harder to manage anxiety. It's going to be harder to deal with the uncertainty. So as we go through this episode, I want you to think about how you can use these suggestions, these tips to apply to the basics, not just to your work. Also, for many people, life has changed at home, which means the reworking of routines. Many have school-aged children and or spouses at home with them 24-7. Some have adult children who have come to shelter in place. In my case, my 96-year-old mother is sheltering with us rather than in her retirement home. Life doesn't occur in a vacuum. So making adjustments to accommodate how the household has changed is necessary for survival, and it also gives you the best chance to be productive. The first thing that we can do when we are trying to rework our routines, trying to make it work, working from home, being home 24-7, is to test and learn. So what that means is that we are willing to try things and see how they work. I have one coaching client who has a wife and four kids at home. And as soon as they started doing the stay-at-home order, 
his wife made a schedule and posted it on the refrigerator. That's a great idea that as we were talking several weeks later, he was saying, you know, that schedule was in tatters, not physically, but it just didn't quite work. And so my suggestion to him was go ahead and take a look at what you can do, how you can pivot that schedule to make it work. And he was looking at things as how he can take breaks, how he can give his wife a break, so how they can actually alternate taking on some of the chores of teaching their children and caring for their children and getting work and household chores done. So nothing is set in stone. The most important thing to remember is that if you don't develop a routine intentionally, one will develop for you. You will end up getting into habits and most likely they will be habits that aren't helpful to you, that make it harder to manage, make it more difficult to do the things you really need to do to take care of yourself, your work, and your family. I have another coaching client whose morning routine has all but disappeared. This is because the kids are going to bed an hour later than usual. And she's still getting enough sleep, but she's waking up later. This primarily affects her spiritual practices and to a lesser extent her exercise. And so as we broke it down, I learned that they were going to bed around 9.15 instead of 8.15. And as we did more digging, I found out that she was going to bed around 11 or 12. So this was get causing her to get up considerably later than she normally did. Now, her first thought was to set a goal to go to bed at 9.30, which was her normal bedtime when she used to go to bed. And I thought, you know, that sounds a little ambitious. So my suggestion was to try to set a goal to go to bed at 10. That's 45 minutes after they go to bed. That's not as much wind down time as you used to have, but maybe it's enough time to wind down and to get to bed and get up earlier. And and just by setting a goal for the next couple of weeks to go to bed a little bit earlier, we're trying to help her to work her way towards getting some morning time. In fact, we didn't even focus on the spiritual practices in the morning. The only focus was just getting to bed a little bit earlier so she could still get her sleep and start getting up earlier. That's what testing and learning is all about. It's the ability to try something and see if it works. Nothing is set in stone, and whatever it takes to rework your routines to get enough sleep, have time with God, eat right, and exercise is going to be well worth the effort. The second thing you can do to improve your productivity while working from home is to understand friction and make it work for you and not against you. When we were doing the Jumpstart Challenge in the Non-Anxious Leader Network to start off the year and try to develop a good habit, one of the participants said that their biggest problem was binging Netflix. And if that is one of those things that happens to you, perhaps it keeps you up later than you want to, the biggest issue with Netflix and other streaming services is that they have all but eliminated the friction that is involved in binging. So if you're at the end of a show, if you don't do anything in 10, 15 second stops, the next episode is playing. If you're not prepared, you're into the next episode before you have even thought about it. I have developed a habit of picking up the remote right near the end of an episode so that as soon as it ends, I just start hitting exit over and over and over again. So it gets me out of the streaming service 
before they can start the next episode. That's one way to deal with the fact that the lack of friction and binging is working against you. You develop your own habit to deal with it. One way you can make friction work for you is to use it to avoid the things that you don't want to do. I had somebody talk to me the other day about the fact that they were snacking all the time and particularly on things that they didn't want to be eating. Don't have them in the house. Don't buy them. Make them hard to get. It will make it easier to not snack. You can also have healthy snacks around and make them easily accessible. So by removing the unhealthy snacks and by making the healthy snacks easier to get, you can actually change your behavior because of friction. Friction that makes it harder to have an unhealthy snack and the lack of friction that makes it easier to have a healthy snack. Understanding how friction works and using it to your advantage can help you be more productive at home. The third thing you can do to increase productivity while working from home is to use outfits to trigger routines. If you can get up and do your morning routine, great, whatever that might look like now. Whatever you do, if you do the same thing every day, it will get your day going without requiring a lot of mental energy. One thing that helps is wardrobe. Yes, if you're working remotely, it's possible to stay in your PJs all day, but it might not be the most productive practice. In fact, I saw an article that headline that said, if you want to wear PJs all day, just make sure they're different than the ones you slept in. In other words, change into a different set of PJs to signal that you are going to work. My morning routine includes three outfits. The first one is a pair of loose-fitting pajama-type, yoga-type pants, a t-shirt, and a fleece. I've been doing this for years, and my wife actually calls it my uniform. I get up in the morning, I put this on, I do my prayer time, journal, and do about 30 minutes of focused work. Then I change into my exercise clothes. After I exercise and clean up, I change into my work clothes. This hasn't changed much from pre-pandemic days. It's typically a work shirt, a polo with our ministry's logo on it, and a pair of jeans. And yes, I wear shoes even though I'm staying at home. Each of these outfits is a trigger to my brain for different activities. Spiritual disciplines, exercise, work. Changing into them is like flipping on a switch to get me going for those respective activities. Try something out and see what works for you. If you're used to wearing a suit or a shirt and tie to work, you don't have to do that when you work from home, but you can still have a work from home uniform. Maybe it's a dress shirt without a tie or a nice polo. Anything to create a trigger that says, now is my time to work. I take this concept even further with yard work and manual labor. I keep a supply of old jeans, t-shirts, and sneakers that signal to my brain that it's time to get dirty. Yesterday was Saturday and our first day above 70 degrees in over a month. I'd done my prayer time, exercise time, and worked on a blog post. So late in the morning, I changed into my manual labor outfit. It was my fourth outfit of the day. I spent the day cutting grass, weed eating, working in the garden, and assembling a piece of furniture that we had ordered. At dinner, I changed back into jeans and a t-shirt, my weekend outfit, and then did a Zoom interview for an interactive worship service in the evening. 
If you are counting, that's five outfits, which may seem really silly. In fact, I am thinking right now, I really am a weirdo. But these are mental cues. These are triggers that can help you create and maintain helpful routines. In this new normal, it can make all the difference between surviving and thriving. Think about what you want your day to look like. Then think about the appropriate clothes for different activities and how you can use them as triggers. If you have kids at home, do the same for them. Sure, you don't want to have to change them four times a day, but it may be worth thinking about getting dressed at the same time every morning to signal it's time to learn rather than staying in their PJs all day. For me, the big takeaway is that you're going to end up with some kind of routine. The question is whether it will be one where you make the most of your day in a healthy way or one where every day is a slog. A little attention to wardrobe can make a big difference. The same is true for space. Just as you can use your wardrobe to help trigger your routines, you can use space to help enforce your schedule however you have designed it. Depending on your situation, you may or may not be able to use this suggestion fully. If you have a household full of people and can't dedicate spaces to specific tasks, then you'll have to get creative. But to the extent possible, if you can dedicate specific spaces to work, eating, and leisure time, it will be easier to create a routine. My wife and I each have a desk in different rooms so we can physically go to work. When I sit down at my desk, my brain goes into work mode. My desk is not fancy. It's small and sits in a corner of a room in the basement, but it works. I'll post a picture of it on my website so you can see how unimpressive it really is. You'll be able to find that at the nonanxiousleader.com forward slash 69. The most important thing is it acts as a cue for me to work. When I sit down at my desk, I'm going to work. If you don't have a dedicated workspace, you might consider getting a portable table that you can set up and take down or just set up in a part of the house that is not dedicated to something else. Even if you can't dedicate spaces, you can provide clues for different activities. Let's say the kitchen table needs to double as a workspace for you or your kids. You can do things that provide mental cues. Use placemats while eating and put them away for work. Hang your kids' book bags on the back of their chairs when it's learning time. Even though we don't have a large house, we have been able to dedicate spaces for specific things. So when I go upstairs and sit at the dining room table, I'm eating. And dining room table is a bit of a misnomer because we don't have a dining room. We have one room that has a couch and some chairs, a TV, and a dining room table. But each space is a mental cue for me, also governed by the time of day. So the chair that I sit in first thing in the morning is for prayer. If I'm sitting in it later in the day, it's either for reading or watching TV. As I said, the table's for eating, and when I go down to my desk, that's for working. That's how space can help you to create visual cues that say it's time for this, whether it's working, playing, eating, watching TV, or whatever other activity is a part of your household routine. The final suggestion I have for work from home productivity is to take frequent breaks and make the most of them. Now, this is not rocket science. We know that taking breaks is proven to increase productivity. 
But when you are sheltering at home and working there every day, it's even more important. One study showed that the average person working from home during this pandemic is working three hours more than they did before the crisis started. That's great for the team, but it's not sustainable and will end up dragging you down. One way to cope is to take short breaks to break up your day. Even before I was working remotely, I would take at least one short break an hour, get up, stretch, go outside or look outside. And then when I got back to work, it enabled me to focus more effectively. I think this is even more important now that I'm working from home nearly every day. One habit I'm developing that I really like is to use those short breaks to do a chore, whether it's doing some dishes, decluttering a mail basket, breaking down boxes for recycling, or doing a little dusting or cleaning, I find that this not only gives me a break by doing mindless work, but it also makes me feel like I'm making progress on life around the house. Another new habit I've developed in taking breaks is eating lunch with my mother. My old routine would be eating lunch at my desk and reading the news. That's probably not the best way to do a meal, but that was my routine. I enjoyed it. It's the way I kept up with current events. But now that my mom is with me and we are at home all day, it's been great to be able to sit and share some time with her. That also makes me feel less guilty about going back down to my cubbyhole for an hour or two and ignoring her. The point is that by taking breaks, we're able to recharge and do our work most effectively without it seeming like a day-long slog. The other thing I do is I take a break in the evening. So I try to quit work at somewhere around five or six, depending on what I have to do. And if I don't have eating activities, then I'm done for the day and I don't do any more work. So to the extent that you can stop your work day at a reasonable hour, and enjoy time with your family or by yourself, have recreation time, watch TV, read, even go outside and take a walk. These are all ways to limit the amount of time that you're pouring into this focused effort on work and actually having some more balance in your life. So that's it for episode 69. I hope you have found these suggestions helpful. You can ask me a question or send me a comment by going to the show notes at the nonanxiousleader.com forward slash 69 and press the link to send a voice message. I'd love to hear from you and you may even end up on the show. Until next time, thanks and goodbye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, there are two things you can do to help others find this podcast. First, tap the subscribe button on your podcast app. And second, leave a review. I appreciate your help. Finally, you can find more resources as well as subscribe to my blog at thenonanxiousleader.com. Now, go be yourself. <laughs>